Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. That is a win. That is a bullion type of victory. The big brother, the Colts, doing it to the Titans, which certainly is not something we've said in quite a while, but we say that here on this Monday morning to you. Good Monday morning. I am Kevin Bowen. Eddie Garrison is with me. We're talking about the 3-2 and two Colts, and since we have last spoken, I would say quite the news cycle for the Colts. Uh, heavy... Jonathan Taylor press conference. All of a sudden, a new contract Saturday afternoon. Uh, yesterday, again, the Colts out bully the Titans. And then, unfortunately, we can't ignore the elephant in the room. And that is another injury for Anthony Richardson. Eddie Garrison, good Monday morning to you. Good Monday morning. Happy Victory Monday. Yes, it is a Victory Monday, the first time for a home game in nearly a year for the Colts and the first time over the Titans in their last five meetings. I want that as much as we can to be the focal point of today's podcast. I know it's impossible, and honestly, I wouldn't be doing my job if we got too far away from it. We'll probably focus a little bit more Wednesday on the Taylor contract. I know we have a few Twitter questions about it today, so I certainly will provide some thoughts there on what transpired over the weekend. Uh, But again, we'll, we'll kind of table that stuff for Wednesday I like for the Monday pods to be as much game-specific reactionary as they should be, in my opinion. So that's what this will be. Again, when I say game reactionary, you you can't ignore what happened with Richardson. So we'll certainly hit on that. But just a little bit of lay of the land, Andy. Or Andy. Oh, my God. Oh, Reese's. Oh, man. Reese's. I might need a fireball shot after that one there. Um, Yeah. So that's one Reese's. Yep. Luckily, you don't have to look far in the gas station to find a Reese's because there's about 37,000 different brands there. Um, sorry, Eddie Garrison. It's all right. Apologies on that for you. So do Colts fans um, need us, need you to stop going to the games and need me to start going? Because that's what happened yesterday. And so look, you were you, you were in the uh, in the seats, correct? Correct. Okay. I all was right. within the, our, our listeners. I was in the fans with look the fans. Look at that. Amidst the 60,000 inside of Lucas Oil. Um, Let's just start there. Let's start overall thoughts on the game itself. Um, We talked about the losing streaks. I mean, Eddie, we sit here on October 9th. The Colts have already won more divisional games, two this season than they won all last year. One. Like, I think we had fallen into this trap, and the Colts have given reason for fans, media, whoever, to fall into this trap. But, like, the Colts have not been a presence at home. They haven't been a presence in the division. And those are two spots, games in Indy and the AFC South, where they have more often than not dominated and controlled things. And if you're going to do anything in the Shane Steichen era, if you're going to resurrect the Chris Ballard era, however you want to describe it, you've got to start to control those two areas much better than you have. And the seven-game losing streak, the second longest in you know the 40-year history of the Indianapolis Colts, and the fact that this divisional run lately has been anything but that you've just been another team in a lowly division that can't be the trend that is bothersome so um, I thought yesterday as much of anything it was a all right let's try and take a step towards making a statement it's not the end-all be-all there are other levels to the AFC South you're obviously going to have to win and stringing together home games and stringing together divisional wins like those things need to happen but I mean, hell, man, it's been a long time since this team's won two in a row in the AFC South. So the fact that they did that, um, I think, was really, really important. And the style of how they did it. I think, and we touched on this on the Wednesday pod, why Jim Irsay views this as such a rivalry is because I think stylistically, Tennessee is kind of what Indianapolis is or has been in the Ballard era, and they have been the big brother in this matchup. And Eddie, I thought the sequence that really summed it up. I mean, certainly Zach Moss's effort on the ground, what the offensive line did was huge. But the timely red zone defense, 
the fourth and one stop of Henry, and then boom, after that, you go 14 plays, you go 84 yards, you chew up seven minutes off the clock. Like, that is complimentary trench play with Blake Freeland, much better in his second start at left tackle. I mean, that is a big-time stuff in the fourth quarter, and then all of a sudden you milk the clock and do it in a way that coaches would just dream of at that point of the game. It's not like you immediately were in kind of a four-minute offense situation. You almost created that being a four-minute offense situation and then milked it. So the win, how you went about it, needing to rely on a backup, all of that, I, I don't know how you walk away from that if you're a Colts fan and say, you know what, that felt good. Like, doing it in that fashion mm-hmm. kind of got back to, um, you know, who you want to be. And I think that's critical with, you know, just how the division, how the home games have gone here as of late. Um, I want to get to this because there's not a Twitter question regarding what I'm about to ask you, and it's not in what you liked or what you didn't like. Uh, what were your thoughts on... Shane Steichen going for it, fourth and one, right before halftime. I think there were, like, what, 13-ish seconds left around that? Sounds right, yep. Yeah, Minshew has Granson open, but I don't know who it was coming off the edge just screaming at the face of Gardner Minshew. Um, I was in the minority. Like, I liked it. Um, Minshew should have hit him. Like, Granson was wide open, but at the same time, I know it wasn't an easy throw, but... I think the points would have been better there. Yeah, I am. I was more points in that situation, and I think our listeners will know. I'm not married to you know always take the points or always go for it. I think situations matter. I think personnel matters. Obviously, in that case, you did have a backup quarterback, and while Kylan Granson was open, you could certainly make the argument he was open because there was a dude that was right in the face of Minshew, which made that throw much more difficult. And you know, Eddie, if you watch the replay, let's say Granson catches that. He would have caught that going to the ground. Yeah. Time could have ran out. I mean, you could have a Tennessee defender come over there and just, you know, pat him on the back while he's on the ground. And now you're scrambled to get back to the line of scrimmage because you didn't have any timeouts there in that situation. So um, I thought at that point of the game, playing an offense that you would not label as explosive. You know, I think my score prediction, Eddie, was 19 17. Mine was 20. Uh, 2017, somewhere around that? Yeah, so you and I both had the similar thinking of first one to 20 wins. And at that point, you know, three there would have been 13 to six. You know, hell, I mean, one more field goal would have almost been enough. Uh, you know, two more field goals would have been enough in that in that instance there. So, yeah, I did, and I think Colts fans should realize, I don't think Steichen is married to one way or the other. I don't think Steichen gets from the booth – all right, it is fourth and three from the 17-yard line. You're down four points. Our analytics sheet says green, green, green. Go, go, go. Like, And then Sykin doesn't hear that and says, all right, we're going for it. Yeah, we he, talked about that last week on Thursday. Like, he, he processes it. He, it's not something that just that is gospel to him, and I think that's ultimately what you want with that. Uh, should we hop into what I liked and then yeah. what I didn't like? Yeah, obviously uh, a lot to like in this one, but let's take a bigger picture look at this. I thought the Colts' offensive line was just dominant, uh, and they just bullied Tennessee up front on both sides of the football, really. Again, stylistically, Eddie, I feel like that's what stands out about this game, is when you play this team, you play the number 1 ranked run defense in the NFL, It's so much of it can get ugly, so much of it can get very methodical and a bit boring, but you've just kind of... Kind of tough it out, and I'm not one of these, you know. Oh boy, every week it's who did you out bully the opponent? You know who's tougher, blah blah blah, this and that. But I feel like in this matchup, that is kind of what it is. When you've had a Henry, when you've had a Taylor, when you've had, you know, inconsistent quarterback play, so much of it revolves on that. And I thought the Colts certainly with the big Zach Moss run that that sets it early. But even if you take out the Moss run, Eddie, it still was a very productive day on the ground against the number one ranked run defense in the league. And then you flip it over to the defense. I don't think it was a perfect day defensively, but you obviously hold Henry to 3.3 per carry. That is not a number that you have really been close to getting Henry down to in his career, certainly as of late. And then I just thought you had timely moments defensively, timely red zone stops, um, that I think is really, really important of when you play a low scoring game, when you play a team that's not overly explosive on offense, if you can take a couple sevens and turn them into threes, 
it goes a long way. The Colts weren't great in the red zone either, but you um, were able to stop them one more time than I think you had from a chance standpoint there. So um, I thought from a toughness standpoint, both sides of the ball, you did your job. You know, Jeffrey Simmons didn't wreck the game. Danico Autry didn't wreck the game. Those guys have had plays like that in the past. And, you know, that sequence, the fourth and one, I think Buckner deserves a lot of credit on the fourth and one. I know Franklin yes. makes the highlight, but to me, Buckner kind of sets the tone there with that play. And then obviously the subsequent, I mean, 14 play, 84-yard drive, seven minutes to go. You don't see that in the fourth quarter of one-score games there. Absolutely huge. So wanted to make sure that we let off of that. Um, I thought a very underrated pair of plays that we didn't talk about briefly in the game recap just now, the offensive pass interference that Alec Pierce drew, right, and then the big third-down conversion that he had uh, right after that. Because if those two plays don't happen, Tennessee's got the ball and they've got like 90 seconds and then about, oh, let's say a minute 10, minute 15 to go down and yeah. score. And I believe the only two targets for Pierce. Uh, I'll go back earlier in that drive, Eddie, the first third down you encounter, it's Moss out of the backfield. Yep. Um, on a route, on a play that was clearly designed for him. You know, Pittman runs a little kind of pseudo pick there for him. Moss makes the catch in stride. Good ball by Minshew. And boom. You're able to, you know, move the chains. If you're punting there, all of a sudden, you know, you're backed up, and it's one of those things where, you know, it's still a short field, and Tennessee's got plenty of time to have a wide open playbook there. So I, I thought that was another, uh, you know, play that was key. There's actually three minutes left if Minshew doesn't hook up with Pierce on the second third down. So plenty of time for Tennessee to get it down the field. Uh, the second part of this, uh, Zach Moss just continues to show how tough of a runner he is and tough to tackle. And Josh Downs finally gave the Colts some vertical passing uh, yesterday with the big play down the field from Richardson and then obviously did some stuff with the football in his hands after the catch as well. Yeah, and, and I think, Eddie, at the start of the year, the question is, okay, what skill guys are going to step up? And if you would have told me, all right, in week five, the Colts are going to get a big divisional win, you know, I would have said, oh, you know, you know, what about Jonathan Taylor? Oh, what about Michael Pittman Jr.? You know, could it be a Jelani Woods coming out party of sorts? You know, does Alec Pierce make a couple of big plays? You know, whatever, three catches for 70 yards, something like that. None of that. It was Zach Moss and it was Josh Downs doing the heavy skill group lifting. And, you know, Moss, to me, Eddie, he just knows who he is. And I feel like at times with running backs, you don't always get that. It's maybe more of a younger age of running backs. And maybe once you get to the NFL, you have to know who you are. But he's just always falling forward. There's not a lot of negative runs with him. The 56-yard touchdown run was blocked so beautifully. Will Fries did a great job of getting to the second level on that play. But... He, even if you do this, Eddie, even if you take out the 56-yarder, he still had 22 for 109. 22 for 109 against the best-run defense in the NFL, against a team that hadn't allowed a 100-yard rusher, I think it was in 20 games. Like, that other stuff stands out to me big time there. Um, I like the third and one where Shane kind of hurried it up there. You know, the Titans maybe couldn't have got their heavy-run defense package on the field. Maybe they're a little tired there. Boom, you hit him straight at the gut, and Moss is able to break that. I thought he had nice vision on that run as well. And then Josh Downs, it is so seasoned with him. It is not rookie moments with him. The variety of the six catches, Eddie, stands out. Six catches on six targets for 97. It's the third and 16 shot to him over the top, and then it's some stuff after the catch, which... Again, that's an area that the Colts need to get more out of is guys doing it with the ball in their hands there. So whether it was Richardson, whether it was Minshew, Downs, very, very productive. So, again, skill guys stepping up, not your main guys even. Uh, I thought those two uh, needed to be mentioned as well. Uh, snap counts from the wide receivers. Pittman played all 66 snaps. Pierce played 65 of the 66. Uh, Josh Downs played 47 of the 66, so 
Uh, tight ends, Andrew Ogletree played 40, 61%. Kylan Granson played 26 for 39%. Obviously, uh, Mo Cox goes down with that concussion. I think that was in, was that in the third quarter or was that in the second quarter? Uh, boy, for some reason it sounds like second half. Okay, yeah, I think third quarter. So he played 12 snaps leading up to that concussion, uh, 18%. Anything to add on in terms of the snap counts no, there? No, you, you said seven touches for Taylor. And I did not, but uh, ten snaps for Taylor, seven yeah, touches. Ten. Yeah, ten, ten snaps. Obviously, when he was on the field, clearly a focal point of, of getting him the ball there. His long rush was five, just 16 yards on that, or 16 yards on the screen pass um, for him. Well, I think we'll get into a little bit more of that in Twitter questions. Uh, was there anything else I liked or should we move on? Uh, there's one more thing. Uh, just the steadiness of Gardner Minshew. He's yeah, come in yeah, uh, yeah. twice now to finish games that Anthony Richardson has started. Colts have had the lead in both of those games, so it's not like he had to come in and lead the team down. He was just able to keep drives going, take time off the clock, and let the Colts eventually hold on to win the game. Yeah, I think what you want out of your backup quarterback, if you are an NFL head coach, Eddie, you want consistency, you want reliability, and you don't want volatility. You don't want the unknown. You know, I, I, I think back to a few years ago when Jacob Eason got in the game against the Rams, and obviously it was just a, you know, you're down late, it was a bad spot to be thrown into, but like he throws a pick to Jalen Ramsey. You know, it, it's one of those things where what you want is okay, I know what I'm going to get. And it might not be what you want necessarily, it might not provide the highest ceiling, but you know what you're going to get, and it's your job to kind of coach around that. And I think Minshew has done that. He's been, I mean, what was it, 11 of 14 yesterday? Didn't turn the ball over. Three scoring drives on the three drives that were the real ones in the second half. Like, all of that is just dreamlike, really, for an NFL head coach and what you could get from the backup quarterback. And again, I thought that was something that you were able to get yesterday from Minshew, and you certainly got that in Week Two against Houston. So, um, some credit to Shane Steichen, some credit to the guys on offense for you know not having really a lot of lulls when the change happens, because obviously they're stylistically very different quarterbacks. But I think what Minshew has shown this year, and he showed it in training camp, and he's shown it in his career, if you provide a clean pocket for him, he's con- he's going to deliver the ball on target more often than not. Um, so, yes, if you're going to make the baseball analogy, Eddie, I don't want to lose sight of Anthony Richardson as left with the lead. Mm-hmm. And I know that the timing that he left the Houston game and the timing he left yesterday is more second quarter. But in a way, I feel like he's kind of left like he leaves in the six and you're up 3-1. Mm-hmm. It's it's like had that baseball feel to it to me. And then Minshew has come in and obviously done a very nice job in closing things out there. So, um, definitely wanted to make sure that we mentioned that because, you know, if you were to have a backup quarterback enter the game in the second quarter of two divisional contests, not a guarantee that you win both those games. And you have won both those games. So, major credit to Minshew for that. Life is full of things to manage your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Now that we've talked about what you've liked, what you didn't like, you talked about Anthony Richardson goes down in the second quarter, designed run uh, from Shane Steichen that was called. He gets to the right edge uh, and he gets tackled. And when he gets tackled, he is pretty much putting all of his weight and body force down onto that right shoulder. Uh, right now, conflicting reports, a lot of uh, unanimous, though, across the board saying it's a grade three AC joint spring, which would require four plus weeks. Um, for Richardson to miss time, but let's start with the play first of all, because I know you didn't like that. Yeah, well, I, I guess not I just to play the, the injury. I yeah, say. yeah, the 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 injury again. You don't draft him for overall if you're going to tell him that he can't run. I mean that 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 just means you don't make that selection. So I guess let me just start there. But it's like telling Tiger you can't wear red on Sundays. <laughs> I was wondering where where you're going. I was afraid you're going to go Tiger off the course there for a, for a second. Um, how about me making a Tiger reference and not you? That was all Eddie Garrison, or was that Andy Sweeney? Uh, <laughs> I think in no way, shape, or form, Eddie, have I 
and this is, I don't know, maybe this is how I'm wired as a human. This is maybe just how I view this season as a whole. And so it's impossible for me to get totally away from that. But Eddie, every time I've thought to myself in the last 24 hours, man, that was big to finally win at home in the last seven. Man, that was big to finally beat the Titans after losing five in a row. Man, the Colts, you know, I mean, they kind of just bullied them there late. What a huge sequence there in the fourth quarter. Fourth and one stop, 14 play drive, seven minutes off the clock, all that. I get to thinking that for like eight seconds, and then I immediately think about Richardson. And that's to where the sour taste, the sting, the, you know, you can't like fully, fully get there is unfortunately alive and well. Um, I think you would be beyond naive, Eddie, to sit here a month into Anthony Richardson's career and not have questions about the career window for him. And I might be too big picture with that. I might be thinking too way far down the road, but while I have been such a fan of drafting a quarterback high, I mean, I think listeners have known that. Why am I such a big fan of that? Because if that position can provide stability to upwards of a decade of consistent high-level play, you've got something to build within that decade time frame. And you can find success, turn it in, into an annual basis, can make playoff runs. Well, if that guy does not become available in a consistent manner, that's going to really, really hurt your ability to achieve what you haven't achieved in the Chris Bauer era. It's been a revolving door at that position. What have the team results been? Revolving door might be too nice of a compliment. They've been wildly inconsistent. Yeah. And so that is what you want to get away from. And now we're a month into the career, Eddie. And I almost feel like if you were a Colts fan, you would rather see inconsistent play from him. Like he's been better than I think a lot of people thought he would be. Mm -hmm. And I think if you were going to rank his, let's just call his play on the field A, B, C, D, F. You are giving him like an A minus, maybe a B plus if you're going to be like uber critical. But it is a passing grade. It's a grade I'd love to show Colleen Bowen on the report card 1,000%. (laughs) Like I am very happy about that. You'd almost rather see the B minus, C plus grade, but him be out there Mm -hmm. for 85% of the action so far than for him to be out there for 50% of the action. Now we could be looking at a month or more, depending on on these reports. I mean, if it's four to six weeks, Eddie, that takes him probably through the bye week. That takes him to Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. You're all of a sudden going to get to the Buccaneers on Sunday of Thanksgiving at Lucas Oil, and you're what? You're five games into it now. That'd be six missed, five missed. I mean, you're looking at like 75% of the season up to that point he's missed. And then you're hoping he just plays the rest of the season, mm-hmm. obviously, which remains another question. So um, I think that's the bummer to it all. It's because the reps are so vital and so precious for him. He has shown promise, and now it's almost like out of your control in a way, if that makes sense. If he was having inconsistent play, we'd chalk that up to he's 21. He had 13 college starts. You knew growing pains were going to be there. It's okay. It's going to take time. You need to get more support around him. You know, those would be some of the conversations. Now the conversation is just like, is he made of glass? Is this Jonathan Bender? Mm-hmm. Is this Bob <laughs> Sanders? And, and I, some of those questions might be premature. Some of those questions might not be um, ones that people might staunchly have an answer one way or the other. But they're darn relevant to ask. And they might be too early to provide proper answers to. But the question's have to be asked because it boils down to this, Eddie. 20 quarters into this NFL season, he has been available for 11 of those 20 quarters. He's suffered four different injuries, all four on run plays, all four outside the pocket. Mm-hmm. We've yet to see the 300-pounder fall on him in the pocket. I mean, what was the first luck injury? Jarrell Casey on him in the pocket in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. That was the first, and that came in game 52. We're five games into this kid's career, and we've talked about four injuries right Yeah. Now. So that's where the concern rises for me, because it's out of your control. It's not like the hits have been 
malicious, this dude should be kicked out of the league. Was the Cisco play near the goal line in week one a little bang-bang? Sure. But it's not, I mean, these have been kind of -of run-of-the-mill tackles. These have been tackles that guys pop back up from. And so that's where you exit Florida, and I think to myself, man, he had 13 games in college. He was pretty healthy in those 13 games. He suffered some other injuries at Florida. He actually suffered a shoulder injury late in his high school career, missed the final few games of his high school career, honestly on a play very similar to what you just saw yesterday. Um, Had a concussion, had a torn meniscus, but the 13-game season at Florida, 12-game season, he, he was pretty healthy there. That's one year, though. Mm-hmm. And if you like look at Lamar Jackson at Louisville, Lamar Jackson was really healthy his three seasons at Louisville. He was pretty healthy his first couple years in the NFL. Now the injuries have started. You know, you can point to instances whether it's Matthew Stafford missing time earlier in his career, whether it's Josh Allen missing a little bit of time. But again, this is where Richardson's different than all those guys. First off, there's more injuries there than Allen or Stafford. Secondly, he just needs the reps more than anybody, and it's so important for a franchise, and this is me being a little bit more Colts-selfish than Richardson-selfish, what you want as a franchise is clarity on your quarterback. Good or bad, you just want clarity. You don't want gray air. You don't want to be the Dolphins with Tannehill or the Titans with Tannehill. Oh, gosh. You know, you, you, you don't want to be that, hey, we draft from the top ten. What do you think? You think you, you, you think we should give him a second contract? Do you think we have something there? Do you think this is the year that we move up for a quarterback? Is there a quarterback we like? Like you don't want to. I mean, the Bears were kind of that early last offseason. They obviously didn't pull the trigger. They stayed with Fields, but like they kind of have had moments of that. You don't want to be in that situation. I mean, Eddie, I thought in the Rams game and even a little bit yesterday, I thought he did kind of make a few more business decisions, which yeah. I thought was needed. You know, a, a few more, not drastically different, but I thought his playing style had changed. And again, we still have yet to see the stuff that naturally happens in the pocket. Because that's what Steichen would say to you. Steichen would say, you know, hey, uh, are you worried about running quarterbacks getting hurt? Shane would say, well, no, statistically it shows you get hurt more inside the pocket than outside. Well, if that's the case, <laughs> all four of these have happened outside the pocket. What happens when Trayvon Walker is at the bottom of the pile or TJ on Watt. Sunday afternoon and all of a sudden Will Fries gets hit in an awkward position and he flips over Trayvon Walker and slides into Anthony Richardson's ankle. And now it's a high ankle sprain. You know, like those sorts of things. Or the Brady hit that the that led to the hit of you can't hit guys low. I mean, those plays still happen. The Jarrell Casey play against luck when the 300 pounder Landry's a big dude Harold Landry yeah but he's I mean he's Anthony Richardson size if that like you still haven't had those sorts of hits that are just again inevitably going to happen so that's where I can't ignore it um his presence matters more than anything else this season his development the reps all of that so that's why I just feel like every time I've thought about the win and 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 the joy and the celebration of it I just can't get totally away from that. And again, Eddie, I mean, he was 9-12 to 12 to start yesterday. He had the big third and 16 to downs. I, I really like to throw and catch. He had to Ogletree on a third down yes. early in that game as well. And those are just moments that like you can't fully get to. It's why I've said to you in the past couple weeks, Eddie, would you take C.J. Stroud or would you take Anthony Richardson? I'm, I, you'd be fine either way, but I'd like to see more of Anthony Richardson. You know, maybe if I asked you who's playing in at age 31. Oh, definitely. You know, Stroud, and, and those more are just, you know, these are some of the questions that you just have of like, okay, what is the career window? Is this can he play effectively with this style for 4 years, but then he has to change? Or does he get too beat up and he doesn't want to play after 5 to 7 years? I mean, these are all just like questions that you have to ask because people are like, these are fluke moments. Well, Part of me is like, yes, but then part of me is like, four different body types, all of these outside of the pocket, and again, none of these on malicious hits. Andy, er, God, Andy. Two. I'm going to have to buy you literally just a jug, probably a keg full of Reese's here, which honestly might not be the worst thing. Olivia would probably be very happy about that. Yeah, because that means she'd get some too. (laughs) Um, Do you get to a point, Eddie, where it's, okay. You don't even like want him outside of the pocket, which again is not like why you would 
you know, if you're going to pull the reins back that much, is he the fourth overall pick? Is he? And I feel like there have been signs where, as a thrower, I'm like, maybe there is something a little bit more here than I thought. But again, you just don't know that. Um, I think that's everything I've got on Richardson. Certainly, Friday's pod will reveal a little bit more info on that. Agree, disagree? Where are you at with that? I mean, I agree with everything that you said there. I don't think you said anything that I disagree with either. I think you're right in everything that you said on both sides, on the cold side of things and on the Anthony Richardson side of things. If it is four weeks to six, Eddie, let's just play out the schedule here, okay? At Jags, Browns, Saints, at Panthers. So those four games would fall into the month. The Patriots game in Germany would be on the 12th of November. Your bye week is after that. So I think when you look at the schedule, it makes sense to say, all right, if it is a four-week thing, shouldn't it just be a six-week thing? You know, when you factor in the international game, the bye week, et cetera, et cetera. And the fact that it's his throwing shoulder. Correct, correct. And I, I don't know. I mean, it would be a re-injury of some sorts. He suffered this injury, a similar injury in high school. So we'll see if, you know, does that matter? Does he need surgery? All those things. But at that point, Eddie, you're 11 games into the season. And, you know, he will have missed, what, 33 of 44 quarters, 34 of 44 quarters. I mean, that is a huge, huge chunk of time there. Um, so we'll see. Um, it, it, it's a bummer. It, it, it's a big, big bummer. I think this is an element of why drafting him was – this was part of the drafting him risk because, again, Lamar Jackson at Louisville – proved he could be healthy for three years with that style and for the most part he's been I would say fairly healthy in his NFL career obviously he's missed the last two Decembers and you worry about the longevity Mm -hmm. of his career as he reaches kind of the back half here of his 20s but I'm trying to think of the other running quarterbacks you know Josh Allen Jalen Hurts if you look at their their college career Justin Fields for the most part those guys were pretty healthy but their sample sizes were also much bigger in college mm-hmm. than Richardson's was of just one year. I think the thought was, and Ursay said this many times, he's 6'4", 250. He's not, you know, he's built to withstand this. But, you know, we see it all the time in professional sports. Just because you have the frame doesn't mean that necessarily that that you're invincible with that. So, um, yeah, it just sucks, man. Just absolutely sucks that... Uh, he went down again. The type of injury could it be a little bit more lengthy? All of that. Uh, we've got some few a few Twitter questions regarding Richardson, so we'll hold Come. off on any more um, on that front. And to round out what you didn't like, uh, the defense at times the same for me specifically. That secondary uh, it seems like DeAndre Hopkins could just you know deep crosser after deep crosser after deep crosser just find the soft spot, and Tannehill would just find him. And he would just go down immediately because everyone was enclosing on him, not quick enough uh, to limit the amount of catches and yardage that Hopkins could have yesterday. Yeah, and Eddie, this is a little bit of a trend that we've now seen through the first five games, whether it was Pukunakua, whether it was Nico Collins, whether it was you know Calvin Ridley, of the number one wideouts having unquestioned number one days against you. You know, if you look, I mean, how we all play fantasy football, look at your number one wideout on your team. Week in and week out, it's not a given that it's eight for 120 and a touchdown. Four or five games, they've given up a 100-yard receiver. Yeah, and that's just a trend that I think you just, you worry a little bit about. And, you know, you're playing some pretty good wideouts here in the next couple of weeks. So, um, that is something that I don't think you can ignore. Obviously, you've got two rookie corners starting. We saw Jalen Jones get that nod. There were moments where Jones and Brents, I thought, did a decent job, but there were also moments where I thought their rookie, you know, side of them came out a little bit as well. I know I Julian Blackman had the game ceiling interception. I'd like to see it a little bit more around the ball. Yes. From Blackman and Rodney Thomas the second as well. Um so yeah, I just Maybe I'm nitpicking a little bit, but Tennessee had, I think they had seven real drives if I look at it. And when I say real, I mean like kneel downs to me don't don't count. I think four of their seven win at least nine plays and at least 50 yards. So I'd like to see your defense dictate a little bit more just because I don't label Tennessee as an explosive offense at all, um, especially away from home. 
Um, so that would be really the, kind of the lone negative that I have from yesterday. Yeah, they had, I think, five. I just did it. Five drives with five plays or longer. Uh, they had that four-play touchdown drive to open up the second half. Oh, yeah, that was quick. Boy, that was quick. And then they had three and out. Yeah. This game was a quick one. Yeah, and that was one, Eddie, too, where I felt like your pass rush just got a little quiet. That exposes the back end a little bit more there. Uh, again, very timely defense. Some big plays in the red zone, certainly. And that was probably the difference in it. Um, but that was an element that, particularly the wideout aspect to it. And whether it's Ridley this week or... You know, it's Amari Cooper or it's you know Chris Olave. You know, you know, however you want to view it, um, you got a, you got a few more tests here coming up. By the way, I didn't realize when I was watching that game yesterday. You know, on TV sometimes it's hard to see this, but I didn't realize how big and long Juju Brents was. Oh boy, I'll, I'll never forget seeing him at the Colts Pro Day and local Pro Day that is, and all of a sudden it was. Um, Wait, is that dude a linebacker? Like, when you see him from afar, it's like, wait, linebacker? Yeah. Oh, is safety? Corner? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, those are go-go gadget arms. He looks like Inspector Gadget. <laughs> I love Inspector Gadget. Did he go through the combine process to see, like, measurable-wise? Yeah, I think it's 99, 99 percentile. I'll have to see yeah. if I can find that. Yeah. Uh, while I've searched that, are you ready for the Twitter questions? Yes, let's do Twitter questions, because I know we got some Taylor-related stuff in here. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Tyler, would you like to see Shane Steichen go back to Anthony Richardson as the starting quarterback if the Colts were to go on a run with Gardner Minshew while Anthony Richardson is out? I know he said AR is the starter for the rest of the year at the beginning of the season, but I'm sure none of us saw this coming with how much he's been injured so far. It's so hard to get an evaluation of a player when they just can't stay healthy. But if playoff implications were on the line, do you think his tune would change on the starting quarterback position? Position. It's a damn shame Richardson can't stay healthy because his poise and ability to make reads and ball placement has looked really promising. Man, Eddie, what a bummer this question even is being asked. You know, and I guess you can look at it two ways. I guess it's a good thing that the Colts could be in playoff position. So, you know, maybe that that's a good part. But just the fact that this means that Richardson's been hurt again and this could be an extended period of time, et cetera, et cetera, that is a bummer. Um, you know, I think a lot of this would depend on what exactly the scenario looks like. How deep into the season are you? Um, I am pretty steadfast, and when Anthony Richardson is healthy, that he needs to be your quarterback. And, and again, it's not like Richardson has played poorly. I, I feel like we're like losing sight of that. Like, I think if we had an argument, Eddie, tomorrow the Colts are playing a football game. Anthony Richardson and Gardner Minshew are both healthy. Who do you want as your starting quarterback? I would still say Richardson if I'm just trying to win one game tomorrow afternoon in the year 2023. Like, go back to the baseball analogy. I feel like he's given you six innings of one two run ball. And Minshew then has done a really nice job in closing things out. But, you know, go back to that Ravens game. Like, you know, there was a lot of help around Minshew to win that game, mainly a historic kicking day from Matt Gay. So, um, yeah, I just can't go. It can't go fully there, but it, I don't know if he were going to miss a bunch of time to where there's two games left in the season and he hasn't practiced in two and a half months. You know that might change my mind a little bit, but for the most part, now I'm very much team playing. His arm length is 34 inches, almost three feet. Juju? Yeah, yeah. And do they list what that percent? I mean, I'm pretty sure it's like 99 percentile. Uh, I have to find the percentile, but yeah, that is six two one ninety eight with 34 inch arms. That is. That's a lengthy corner. That's a Gus Bradley corner right there. That is a Gus Bradley corner. Uh, Cameron's question is up next. Is it weird to feel like this is the worst case scenario? Anthony Richardson isn't playing or developing, and the Colts are winning games. Yeah, I, Cameron, I can I can hear the argument. Now, I do think there are individuals of okay, what does Josh Downs look like from his development? You know, finally again ending some of the home issues, AFC South issues. You know, those sorts of things. Um, you know, your offensive line taking a step forward after last season. You know, what do these young corners look like as the year continues 
to progress. So other stuff can matter, but to me, nothing sniffs Richardson and the development. And, and Eddie, just to boil it down, in my opinion, what a fan should want is to feel good in a you know eight-year type run with their quarterback. Nothing is worse than purgatory and uncertainty at quarterback. Purgatory plus uncertainty at quarterback. Purgatory would be just like a you know middling record. Plus uncertainty at quarterback is hell. I mean that's that's just flat out what it is. And you know it's the Jets with Zach Wilson again. The Dolphins with Tannehill. Have you want to go? And I come back to this, Eddie. The health versus play debate. Like, would you rather have him inconsistent but healthy or consistent but hurt? Mm. A month into his NFL career, I would take the inconsistent and healthy. Yeah. Because I think that's kind of what you expected. And um, more on tape, too. Yeah. And like, that's the correctable stuff. Is this stuff correctable? You know, if someone came up to you and said, Eddie Garrison, all right, playing style-wise, play calling-wise, what are you going to do to create a healthier Anthony Richardson? Yeah, I don't know how to answer that question because, I mean— That answer is not easy. Like, it's not—I don't— I mean, do you take the Jal Morant approach with Richardson and you—and I guess Tua Tagaviola has—or Tagaviola, however you want to say it. Uh, Tua has done this, too, where they have— tried to coach him on how to fall like with right. with jaw to prevent the injuries in the nba with the grizzlies because he's such an explosive player plays by the rim and whatnot they had to teach him how to fall so he doesn't get hurt same with tua to limit the amount of concussions right. after last year now again tua does not run it 10 to 12 times a game and all of richardson's injuries yeah. so far have been outside of the pocket so tua doesn't have as many hits for jaw i know that's not necessarily his game but would job become more of a three-point shooter at some point and not as much of a rim protector. So that would be the rim attacker. That would be the question I would have for Richardson. Can he become a guy that, like, Eddie, we watch Mahomes. He doesn't run that much. Now, he can extend and certainly make plays happen. But if you cut off Patrick Mahomes' ankle or Josh Allen's ankle even, could those two deliver from the pocket for you? Probably. Jalen Hurts, probably same thing. I mean, watch Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl last year. Made some big-time throws. Could Richardson do that? I think there's been some throwing flashes that make me think, okay, there's a little bit more there. But I don't know, man. Does it come to a point where when that body hits the turf, does it impact things just differently? And so far, I don't know how you sit there and, and, and could argue otherwise. Yeah. Uh, the most dominant offensive line display we've seen from the Colts in a long time is what Niles has to say. Is that a credit to Shane Steichen's game plan or Tony Sperano Jr.'s coach uh, coaching? Also, have the Colts ever held Derrick Henry to under 50 yards until yesterday? So I did some research on this question. Uh, it's the fewest yards Derrick Henry has had on the ground um, and with 10-plus attempts of the Colts, uh, the third-fewest rush yards in a game in general. Uh, it's the fourth-lowest was 96 yards on nine carries, so to put that into perspective a little bit. And it's the second-lowest yards per carry in his career versus the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, I mean, he had, what, been 7 of 8 over 100, and I think the one time he wasn't over 100 was when he had the foot injury in that game. So, um, yeah, great work on Henry. 13 for, what, 36, and I, I can't even remember, like, a big run on that end. Um, as far as Niles's point, yes, credit to Tony Sperano Jr., credit to Shane Steichen, and, you know, Eddie, there's an element of, like, Chris Ballard kind of bet on those two. He bet yeah. on those two more than he bet on personnel, and that deserves, I think, a credit through the first five games. Again, I'm still skeptical if the O-line depth can hold up over the course of a season, if necessary, but that group, I think, has done... And I and can we throw in like just not having statues at quarterback, <laughs> right? And like Minshew knows who he is, you know. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the O line play continues. But I think early on in the season, you've got to be very, very pleased with it. How about uh, Blake Freeland yesterday? We didn't talk about better. him earlier. Yeah, much, much better, much, much better there. Um, and I know Tennessee maybe doesn't have the most dynamic edge group, but still. Uh, that was a really, really nice job from the rookie out of BYU. And, you know, 
he's getting baptism by fire, and and over time it'll be beneficial to this team. Obviously, you know it was a big reason why you um, you struggled and ultimately lost to the Rams, but um, certainly have got to be pleased with how he looked in uh, his second start. Cold. Life is full of things to manage: your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Maniac is asking the same questions that you and I are asking, KB. Uh, do you think AR is made of glass yet, or are these just random injuries? He has been trying to play smarter, but it's concerning how easy he's getting hurt. A win is a win, and glad to see the team is better, but it sucks to feel like the Colts are a quarterback away. Always enjoy the pod, and thank you for your coverage. Yeah, and, and you know, I think something also, Eddie, that's worth pointing out with Richardson and these injuries it's not like he has a strained hamstring and rushing that back led to a strained groin. I don't even know if that makes sense when I'm talking the anatomy of the body. But, like, you know, sometimes when you have an injury and you rush it back, there is an element that you then expose other body parts to more injuries or the ability to get hurt quicker, like, you know, those sorts of things. I I haven't seen that with him. It seems to be four very separate injuries with him so far. So that aspect hasn't even been there either. So, um, you know, I would say you, in a way, Eddie, you would not, the randomness of the injuries is probably why I consider it a little bit more alarming. If it was just one body part, or if it was one body part that led to another injury, I think you'd feel a little bit better about like, okay, just shelve him until you're 100% sure that that body part is good. But the fact that it is four different injuries, yeah, to me, I think kind of adds to the concern. So a knee, concussion, shoulder, what's the fourth one? Yeah, bone bruised with the knee, um, ankle. I think it was just deemed an ankle sprain out of the opener as well. Those are the two in the opener. Uh, then you had the concussion. Uh, coming out of the Houston or, you know, week whatever that was, week two against Houston and then uh, yeah, the AC joint. And we'll we'll continue to keep you posted on that and certainly have updates on one oh seven five thefan dot com. Uh Terp's question doesn't pertain to the game, but he wonders if there's any chance that Michael Pittman Jr. will receive an in season contract extension. Would like to see him and Grover Stewart locked up, but no Pittman's cost will skyrocket if he hits free agency. Yeah, I'd be a little surprised by that. I mean, honestly, Eddie, is the franchise tag in play for him? You're not using it on Taylor. I was about to say it has to be now. Yeah, I'm always curious like what the whiteout market's gonna look like in free agency. What Calvin really could be available? Who's the other one? A big name. Yeah, but just Mike like, Evans. You know, do these guys get there to it? Um, so I, I I don't see it. Um, you know, if you look at the past precedent, Eddie with Ballard extending these guys early, they all have had resumes that stand out more than Pittman's. You know, Pittman isn't, I mean, he hasn't really snipped a Pro Bowl season. And all those guys have either been a Pro Bowl or I think all of them had, well, I guess Hines hadn't. Um, so maybe, I don't know, Hines is, is the one that I mean, falls a little bit mine with. But with like Pittman. we were talking about during the season, a preseason, it's so hard to judge him because just of how porous the quarterback play's been ever since Phillip Rivers retired. Yeah, that's. A fair point as well. Um, again, I, I'm, I'm a fan of keeping Pittman around just because there's a little bit of like who else, and I continue to look at Alec Pierce and think, yeah, he he's not taking on any sort of major ascending role for you. Um, and in a way, I, you know, you kind of look at Pierce with Minshew and think, boy, does that mean a few less deep shots? Who knows? But um, yeah, I, I do not see Pittman in season. Calvin Ridley was the other name I was thinking about in terms of free agent wide receivers, right? Because right. it's, yeah, Ridley Evans, and then uh, there's another name. I can't remember. It's not. 
Uh, it's not coming to mind right now. Anyway, uh, Isaac asks, does Jonathan Taylor get this contract extension, especially today or ever this season, if the schedule isn't as front-loaded with AFC South opponents? Jim Irsay is always win now, but especially in this two-week span, you need all the help you can get. Love the Colts coverage you give us fans all year round. I appreciate that. Yeah, the Irsay comments were quite interesting on Saturday. You know, basically saying this happened sooner than I would have liked. <laughs> Boy. Well, there you go, Jim. <laughs> Clearly not not too pleased on that end of it. Um, I guess let's just get a little bit into the Taylor contract. Um, you know, you guys have heard me on this podcast. Three for thirty nine has been the ballpark that I've uh, been around here for now. Gosh, what dates back to July? It seems like this falls into three for forty two. Um, first off, I think a little hand clap to all parties involved. Haven't given that out at all, really, throughout this process. But finally, you're able to get there. Um, Eddie, unquestionably, Jonathan Taylor won and won big time. I mean, think about it. He just got paid his full contract for not taking a single hit in the first four weeks of the season. Now he signs three for 42. Mm -hmm. Gets a ton of it guaranteed. Like, do I think Malki Kawa act pretty childish? Do I think he's still acting childish? Unquestionably. But his client got a hell of a deal and did it in a unconventional way, and it worked. So there you go. I guess that's a little bit of business 101. But again, winners here are Richardson. Winners here are the Colts. You need to retain good players when you're not paying money elsewhere, especially. And, um, you know, why now? I guess that is the question. You know, why week five? Was it, did you need to see him practice for two days? Is that what you needed to see? Do you need to see Richardson play two and a half quarters? Because that's, I mean, or two and a half games? Yeah. Because that's pretty much what you saw out of him. I, I These are all great, great questions. I don't know if we'll hear from Chris Boward about this. You know, we just saw the statement, but that was it. Um, but, again, you have got to support your young quarterback, and you've got the money to do it. And, you know, if you look at the contract, Eddie, what I like about it is it extends through 2026. But there is a big out after 2025. And by big out, I mean beneficial for the Colts. Mm-hmm. And the cap hit would be, ve- the dead cap hit would be very, very minimal if you wanted to cut ties with them after 2025. Well, after 25, that's your first time you have to make a decision on Richardson and the money. Richardson's on a four year rookie deal. The fifth year team option has to be exercised after year three. Year three would be 2025. So when you get to the end of the 2025 season, you get to January of that, of that year, February, whenever, you're going to sit down and say, all right, first order of business, do we want the team option on Anthony Richardson picked up? You make that decision. Then your second one is, guys, we can get out of the Jonathan Taylor contract. Do you want to or do you not? And by that point, you'll have seen Taylor have played for two and a half more years. You will have watched Richardson, of course, hopefully play for two and a half more years. So now you're going to know, what does your QB look like? What does your running back look like? And what does your QB need moving forward? And you won't be tied to that financially. That's why I like that more so than kind of backloading with the franchise tags. Because as you start to pick and choose how you want to build around Richardson, I think having a little bit more flexibility while still supporting him personnel-wise was what made the most sense to me. Also good for the running back position itself. Yes, very good. Hopefully, yeah. he gets um, you know some other backs paid like Josh Jacobs and, Sa- uh, and Saquon. Moss. Yeah, <laughs> good point. Uh, Taylor seemed pretty giddy yesterday after the game. Boy, Taylor, it's been an odd cookie in those press conference settings, man. It is. Um, it's been very weird. He beats to his own drum. It is a very, um, yeah, it's odd. Did you? Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. I make a typo here, or is it actually Yim? No, I, I I do think it is Yim. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Just wanted to make yeah. sure. Sent it to me yesterday, I believe. Yeah. All right. Well, Yim. I don't, I don't know if this is your first question. If it is, welcome. Um, if their Gosh, initial if reasoning. Jim, this is going to be bad. What'd you say? If it's Jim, this is going to be bad. Well, I, I, I'm pretty sure it is Yim. Well, I was thinking of Jim or Tim. Tim, sure. Maybe that him. Because well. I'm him. 
Get it? Oh, look at that. Yeah. I see what you did there. Anyway, if their initial reasoning for waiting to extend Jonathan Taylor was to see what he looked like coming off the injury, then why did they do it anyways, and why wouldn't they have done it in the beginning before all of this drama? Yeah, I mean, that's the million-dollar question to it all, Eddie. It seems a tad pointless to me to have let the drama reach the levels that it did, have your locker room see that play out, have Anthony Richardson see it play out. Um, That's just kind of less than ideal, I think, to be honest with you. Um, But that's just me on that side of it with Taylor. Again, and those are kind of the unknowns that neither side, well, Taylor's side certainly is not sharing of, okay, was it health-related? Did we need to see Richardson? I would Taylor have played without the deal? I mean, Who knows? You know, these are all just questions that. While I'm here, you do have. I mean, again, he threw in all those caveats of while I'm here and right now, and you know, he was asked five times last Thursday, "Do you still want to be a Colt?" And not once did he ever say like it with a convincing answer. It was always with a caveat of anytime you use the the actual timestamp caveat, you might as well not say anything else because all of it could be done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, right now, Eddie, I really feel like I'm going to, you know, whatever. Go make my first hole-in-one later today. <laughs> and then in reality, I'm like, wait, I'm not even playing golf today. But right now, oh, I, I changed my mind. Yeah. Five minutes later, I changed my mind. We're good. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. but on, yeah. on Saturday, I was helping my parents move out of their house into their new house, and I was in the process of going upstairs to help move their bed from the, their house, uh, from the old house downstairs into the moving truck. My brother goes, um, "Jonathan Taylor just got a scam." I was like, <laughs> "I was like, are you sure?" He goes, "Yeah." Adam Schefter tweeted. I'm like, "Okay, I've been gypped a couple times. Are you sure this is the real Adam Schefter? This is not a darn Schefter." You know, it's yeah. funny, Eddie. When I saw Malki Kawa tweet hashtag for the shoe, I thought, "Wow." He's really taken the team mantra on there. I'm sure he's excited about Jonathan. Because in the order of events, it went, Jonathan has been called up from the pup list. Yeah. So he's on the active roster. They removed him from the injury report. So he was, like, going to play. Like, that was kind of the order of it. I'm like, oh, wow. he's Is he banging the anvil tomorrow, Malki Kawa? Or, you know, like, what's what's going on here? And I'm like, gosh, is there more to this? And then I just you know, I kind of sat there and didn't think too much of it after that. And then all of a sudden... The contract extension gets announced, and boom. And I dusted off my June story from a contract <laughs> extension, added the pertinent parts to it, and luckily was able to post it. Yeah, so then I I ran and grabbed my phone. I was like, holy crap, it's real. It's a real thing. I'm like, makes no sense to me whatsoever Yeah. on the timing. Um, two questions left. Neil, who is your Anthony Richardson comparison, and where do you see him and his career in five years from now? Oh, man. Well, the second part is is tough. And, and, and that goes back again, Eddie, to a question that I was asking. I think it was Stephen Holder and Joel Erickson out of practice. This was after the week one game. I'm like, and it was less to do about him, Richardson, playing, more to do with how he would look in like five to seven years. You know, stylistically, how would his body hold up? What would that allow him for do, uh, to do? Comp-wise, Eddie, is, I mean, Josh Allen's got to be the comp, right? Yeah. I mean, size, yeah. arm strength, can certainly run it. I mean, that to me is the obvious comp with all of it. I mean, where do you see him in his five-year career? Uh, Neil, you're asking me to predict injuries. If you turned off injuries, I'd say I'd feel very optimistic. But I can't, I mean, this isn't Madden. And right now, I, I, I don't, again, I don't know how you're not worried. Yeah, you got to be. I mean, I'm trying to think of a, like Cam. Like New, NFL like, hit, yeah, it makes a little it's bit It's not camp, fair to compare him to Cam either because, like, Cam saw it after contact all the time. Yeah. And tried to run over dudes all the time. I think there's a combination, Eddie, of the hits add up and the NFL hits are different than college. Man, he obviously played in the SEC, but still, I mean, it's not like the SEC is every single team has. NFL size everywhere. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I think that's a factor. But you know, are are the Colts going to change their style with him? I, I don't. 
I don't think so. I mean, go back to the Rams game, Eddie. He comes back from from the concussion. And what? The first eight plays, you had three design runs, <laughs> right? You know, I mean, it's not like they showed any sort of hesitancy right away with that. I don't know. Maybe it'll take another injury for that to all of a sudden change. Uh, today's podcast out of Twitter questions will conclude with one: If AR keeps developing like this, and if, and I mean big if. Uh, from Juan. Jonathan Taylor comes back and makes the offense improve even more, and the Colts start winning more games than expected. Do you think that will make Chris Ballard change the approach this season and maybe and the trade line to try and get some wide receivers or a proven cornerback to try and get to the playoffs? Thanks, man. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, what? So they have to be a buyer in the next three weeks? I mean, that would have to change drastically from Ballard's line of thinking here. You know, obviously, I think teams at the deadline, they're always kind of like, you know, is there any way you can find like the 25 year old from a selling team that, you know, gives you something a little bit more from a long term standpoint? Um, you know, I guess that's kind of what Buffalo did with Hines, right? Yeah. A little bit last year, you know, yeah. that sort of element to it. But I would kind of hold my breath at that. Is that Ooh, it? Yeah, the 2023-24 official slash unofficial uh, Big Ten men's basketball media poll has been released. Purdue won. Purdue, Michigan State, Maryland, Illinois, Wisconsin, IU. So what's that, seven? Six. Six? Six for the Hoosiers. There. Seems too low for me. Really? Mm-hmm. I think they'll be better than what a lot of people think. A lot of new faces. In Bloomington, a lot of Xavier Johnson that'll make your heart. By the way, a lot of booze for Zach Eady yesterday when he was coming out to hit the anvil. The Indiana fans were yeah. louder and prouder. Yes, in that building there. Also, the return for uh, Taylor yesterday. There was a good, there was a roar, but there were also booze. I did hear some booze, but I think the the cheering of him back. Superseded it? Yes. Second to last, right? Richardson went last. And they announced him and Moss. Yes. I, I always felt like if you had to announce Taylor, and I was wondering if he would come before or after Richardson. Would they have announced him without the contract extension? I feel like you have to. Would they have pl- would he have played without the contract extension? I mean, again, these are all very relevant questions, I guess. And I don't know, answers that we probably won't get a whole lot of clarity All right, he's Eddie Garrison. I'm Kevin Bowen. We'll continue to update Anthony Richardson-related topics up on the website. We'll certainly hit that on the Wednesday pod. Maybe a little bit deeper dive into the Taylor contract as well. Everybody, happy Victory Monday to Colts fans out there. Thank you for tuning in. Kevin's Corner, signing off.